Hello and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. And today is our President's Day podcast. So we'll be talking about President's Day and the fun associated with that. This is Randy Moon, and I will be talking about the polar vortex. This is Beth Moon, and I will be talking about George Washington, the holiday, the history, and interesting information. I'm Cole, and I'm going to be talking about some of the craziest things that our presidents have done in the past. And this is Sydney, and I will be sharing some presidential trivia that we'll be playing later. All right. And as always, our first part is holiday happenings. And I mentioned the polar vortex as my subject. Obviously, that's not actually a President's Day topic, but it is my holiday happening. So I'll be sharing that as our first main topic for the day. But do we have any other holiday happenings on this fine day? Yeah, I think you know that we've got a pretty big one today, and that's the Super Bowl coming up later today. Super Bowl is today. Oh, very fun. Obviously, huge event in America. So we've got the New England Patriots and the... L.A. Rams. That's right. Playing. And, you know, not to sound biased or anything on the podcast, but a whole lot of the country is going to be rooting for one team today. Right. <laughs> right. We have some good friends, the Andersons, that are Patriots fans. So and we'll be actually yeah. at their house. But, but we're friends with them despite <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd like to really get into when the trauma happened in their lives <laughs> that, that caused them to make this decision. Right. Yes, when I talked about the Super Bowl in a previous podcast, we didn't know at the time who the uh, final two participants for this year were going to be. And, <laughs> and can we say it, we're a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't think either of our picks made it. No, they did not. But we will enjoy the Super Bowl, the food, the friends, and the commercials. That's right. Yes, and the halftime right. show, Maroon 5, is supposed to be playing. Yeah, right. That'll be hopefully good. Hopefully yeah. they'll show up. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a memorable one if they didn't. Yeah, yeah I'd be tempted not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're not a band. Right. Yep. <laughs> or playing at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. So perhaps a holiday happening next week will be a good result from our perspective for the Super Bowl. Yeah, hopefully. A good result for America's perspective. <laughs> right. But not New England's. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, last week I had the opportunity to go to Minnesota, to St. Paul specifically, and I thought what I was going to do on today's podcast was to share with you some information about their winter festival, which is a major festival, one of the major winter festivals for the country. Unfortunately, The timing was bad because although the festival was happening, the polar vortex had sent some super cold air down to (laughs) us, resulting in the event being closed during most of the week. So I didn't get to uh, actually participate in any of the events. I got to see some of the ice sculptures that were out and about. And they Uh, were beautiful. The pictures that you showed us were beautiful. They were. They were incredible. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of detail on them, but I didn't get to actually go to any of the, the events. The festival itself has a lot of things happening. It has free outside ice skating. It has free, oh, what's that game where you throw the beanbag into the hole? Cornhole? Corn yeah, it's like that, but do they have... But with like, yes, little frozen beanbags. <laughs> yeah, that are very, very hard. Heavy. Very heavy. Very hard. Bean bags, snow. I think they call them snow bags. Basically, it's it's really more like ski ball. Yeah. At that point, they're <laughs> I guess frozen. So. 
So the first part I wanted to talk about is what a polar vortex was. Because we use that term a lot and it sounds very wintry and mm. it sounds very cold. So that makes sense. Yeah. But it's actually a term that meteorologists have used for a long time. Most people just hadn't connected to it until probably around January 2014 when temperatures plunged to life-threatening lows across the northern part of the United States, as low as 60 degrees below zero. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. So this year, the temperatures were about as cold, and we use that same term, polar vortex, to describe this January 2019. But what most people don't understand is what the polar vortex actually is. So a little bit of a science lesson. It won't be too long of one. But basically, there's a bunch of cold air, not surprisingly, over the Arctic and over the Antarctic areas. What? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you could even shocking. call them the polar. <laughs> so when it's wintertime, the temperatures get extremely cold because that part of the north is facing away from the sun. Exactly. Like it's tilted away. So the polar vortex is a seasonal... Atmospheric. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. It's a system of strong, high-level winds surrounding that pocket of cold air, a pocket of cold Arctic air. And it may sound like it's a bad thing, but actually that formation of winds that is happening at the Arctic where the warm air and the cold air are interacting, causing basically this tunnel or this wall of winds in the Arctic area, keeps that Arctic cold there and stops it from moving south. So that wall of wind is actually a good thing for us, typically, because it keeps the the coldest part of the air in the polar regions. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so that was interesting. I did not know that. There are actually, as I mentioned, two polar vortexes going on, one in the Arctic. The one in Antarctica is actually bigger and stronger, but we don't really think about that one a lot because it doesn't affect us, right? We are affected by the one in the Arctic. Polar vortex is actually swirling around two locations, not just one, since it's this ellipse. One is Canada's Baffin Island, and then there's a spot in northeast Siberia that it also swirls around. So sometimes that polar vortex wall of wind breaks down and basically it pulls apart in a direction. This particular polar vortex, January 2019 into early February, was directed at us. So that was the side that broke down and that all that cold Arctic air then plunged through Canada and into the northern United States. And that's why we felt that huge blast of cold air. So when it goes away, that means the wall reformed and then stop that cold air from going down into our part of the world. Mm. So the temperatures in that Arctic area are as cold as 110 degrees below zero Fahrenheit, (laughs) which is about minus 79 degrees Celsius. Wow. So when I was in St. Paul last week, we were experiencing temperatures in the negative 20s for lows, as low as negative 30, but the wind chill was as low as negative 49. So when I say the Arctic is 110 degrees below zero, that's its, that's its non-wind temperature. Now you're also talking the winds. These are like rapidly moving winds, so it mm-hmm. makes it feel even colder up there. So as the, wind, as the winds came down... Or not feel... Right, <laughs> because at that point you're probably not feeling anything right. if you're in that uh, in that environment. Right. So when we got there, the peak 
of the uh, cold weather in St. Paul was on Wednesday, and that was about negative 30, and the negative 49 wind chill factor was on that day as well. Now, on either side of that, it was still extremely cold, but that was the worst of the days. So they had closed a lot of the activities or moved them to some inside locations, but they focused mainly on family things for the festival that I wanted to go to. So we ended up only going out once to the festival area, and that was to specifically see the ice sculptures that were outside. So we picked Tuesday night to do that because Wednesday was going to be the worst day, the coldest day. So on Tuesday night, we went out. We got all bundled up. We had warming packs for our boots and our hands. We had multiple layers. Even though this was a trip away from here, we had both packed myself and a business associate had packed a lot of winter gear because we knew we wanted to go out and try the winter festival. So we were fully packed. And the way in St. Paul, you can get around a lot through these things called skyways. They're basically walkways that go from building to building. There's like an enclosed tunnel between buildings. And then in the buildings themselves are like specialized hallways that are part of this walkway. And you can get to where you need to go, but it's never a straight line. It's a lot of, sometimes you're going away from where you want to go in order to get to where you want to go. Because so it's the, like a hamster thing, like one of the hamster houses that you keep adding. Little yes, yeah, very, yes, very <laughs> much uh, not built to get to a certain location specifically, right? You Quickly. can kind of go around and eventually get close. So we got as close as we could to the park that a number of the ice sculptures were at. Now, the way the Winter Festival works, it's all over the place, all over the city. But this one park had the ice sculptures, and we knew they were outside. We didn't know if it was going to be open or not. So we went, the I think it was probably 100 feet to the actual ice sculpture area. And as soon as you walked outside... It was probably, I think we figured out it was probably about negative 20. As soon as you went outside, the inside of your nose, that moisture froze, right? So your nose on the inside feels crusty and your eyes begin to water a little bit, right? Because they're trying to keep your eyes moist because of the cold. So we walked out and we couldn't cross the street. We had to go way up the street to the crosswalk at the traffic signal and cross over. And then we were there and we could walk down and take pictures. Now, to take pictures, we had to take our gloves off because we had the big, thick kind of ski gloves on, and they wouldn't work on our phone as far as the touch screen goes. So we had to take our gloves off. So we would take them off and on each time we wanted to take a picture of the ice sculpture. But as soon as you took it off, your hand, because of the slight, it was just a slight breeze. It wasn't even a strong breeze. Because of that and the temperatures, it almost felt like it was a uh, burn from a hot stove. It was like a... That kind of burn on the back of your hand as you're holding your phone in one gloved hand and then you're pushing the button to take the picture with the ungloved hand, right? Mm-hmm. So you focus it, you zoom in the way you want, you push the button just that quick and then you put your glove back on, right? So the first couple of times you do that, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I think we can get all these ice sculptures. And I think there was probably about 10 that we could see right along the sidewalk. I forgot to mention the event we found out was closed (laughs) when we got when we went across the crosswalk and there was a security guard there and he basically explained yeah you know that most of the events were closed until later in the week but we could see all the sculptures so we went down and we took pictures of each one as best we could and fortunately for us they were facing our direction because we always worried we're going to see the backsides of all of them right Uh, so fortunately they were facing our direction (laughs) By the time I got to the sixth one, I was pretty much wanting to be done taking my hand out of the glove because my hand wouldn't warm up once it got back in the glove anymore. So we went down to the last one 
and it was really hard to take the pictures, <laughs> but I wanted to get them because they were the better ones. They were the uh, multi, what they call multi-block, which is team sculptures. So they were much okay. bigger, much more complicated, more elaborate. So we got through them all, and then we quickly, as quickly as we could, went to another crosswalk, cross street, and back into the Skyway walkway system to warm up our hands. So that was really, really cold, right? So that was the little flavor I had of what negative 20 degrees would be outside. Now, keeping in mind, those skywalks were not heated at all. They kept the wind out, correct? Yeah, it was actually a little different. I'd say it seemed like it depended on the building what they did with the skywalk. Some buildings actually blew some warm (laughs) air into the skyway that was between buildings. Some of the skyways between buildings were really, really just chilly. Basically, they're warm because either side would have a sliding door that went to the building itself. So it kind of kept the buildings from losing a bunch of warm air. But then the walkway between buildings was pretty cold. So um, now you said chilly. Do you mean chilly or did you mean cold? Um, I would say it was probably cold by normal standards. But having been outside knowing how cold it actually was, right. it was fine to walk through without a coat. Because I was going to the other end of it. Really? Yes. Wow, that's quite a difference. Because we had to use those for part of our work during the week as well. And also I used those to go to Starbucks during the week. So I got to know some of the paths pretty well. And there's one of those skyways along that path every day that I would not have wanted to stay in long. Because it was fairly cold in there. So the other thing that I saw a lot online, there was a lot of information about the vortex this past week, was the interesting things people were doing in the vortex. So one of the things that my colleague and I saw were people throwing boiling water into the air. So she wanted to do that. We couldn't get it boiling in the microwave, but she warmed it up as best she could in her hotel room and then brought it down in her little coffee mug. And then we went out to the side door and some other people joined us as I was going to videotape it and she threw it up in the air. So What's supposed to happen and what did happen was when you throw really hot water into the air, into sub-freezing temperatures, that Mm -hmm. cold, with some wind, that the hot water will actually evaporate into snow Mm -hmm. instantly in the air. Oh, wow. And then the part that doesn't do that turns into sleet and ice. Mm -hmm. So she threw that up and we videotaped it. She threw that up and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it it was so cold. It It was, yeah. It turned into (laughs) snow and then it evaporated completely. And then the rest of it turned to ice. When it started blowing away. Right, basically away. Yeah. Yeah, we saw your um, video on Facebook, and I remember telling colleagues at work about it because I thought that was really cool to see in person. Yeah. I saw online other people doing that as well with like Mm -hmm. boiling pots of water and things like that. That's crazy. The other thing we saw people do that we didn't have a chance to do because we didn't have bubbles with us, but people were taking bubbles blowing them outside and letting the air temperature basically crystallize the bubbles. Mm -hmm. So I saw some of them floating crystallized. I've seen that too. It's so cool. And some of them sitting crystallized and basically slow motion watching the crystals take over the the outer liquid part Mm -hmm. and become a single circle. And then people would touch them and it was basically just a, a really thin crystal that would kind of fall apart. Wow. Yeah, so pretty cool. That's so cool. Other people put wet pants outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and shake them so it looked like the pants were walking. That's hilarious. And the one that we saw that was in St. Paul somewhere was basically somebody was creating a, a scene of walking pants <laughs> down the road. Uh, so that was pretty funny, too. But it's interesting when you see some of the weird things that happen 
just every day in that kind of temperature. I was telling Sydney that the snow itself that had fallen in St. Paul, there was probably, I don't know, six inches of snow on some of the streets. And mm-hmm. in St. Paul, that doesn't slow them down. They just drive over it. <laughs> but it was the, crusty, too. It wasn't right. just like... Nice but the snow there. becomes this kind of weird consistency in that kind of weather. It's soft, but it's kind of more Play-Doh-y and a little more granular. So it's kind of a really interesting mix. Not great for snowballs in that kind of temperature, but uh, as you drive over it, well, except it's very clumpy sand. Okay. Yeah. So that was interesting. But I also saw some videos of like light poles vibrating in the cold temperatures. They called it singing, but basically it was vibrating and it had a tone to it. Really? And it wasn't because of wind, because there wasn't a strong wind going. It was just the temperature was causing these light poles to vibrate and make this little singing sound yeah. to it. That was interesting. And in Chicago, I saw the railroad tracks. In order to um, warm up the railroad tracks so trains could go over them, they were actually starting fires along the tracks. So they had oh pictures of just fires on the either side of the railroad tracks like on the metal part of the tracks to warm them up My so goodness. the trains could start to use them again so yeah, yeah it's, Crazy. it's pretty interesting it'd be a little alarming if uh <laughs> if you were like at the front of one of those trains <laughs> and you didn't know they were going to pre-do this for right. you so you there's just this long they can, yeah this they long can burning track in front of you like is this okay for me to go over yeah the flames weren't very high so i don't think that they would have noticed it but when you look down on the scene it looked like it was everything was burning but when you look closer it was all the the metal part of the tracks mm. themselves were actually what the fire was next to yeah okay yeah. so then Would the trains go over the fire, or would they do the fire and then stop it, and then the trains could go over? I don't really know. They didn't get that detail in that article. So that was my trip. Now, I know they warmed up just like we warmed up this weekend, so the Mm. events were going to start. So it was disappointing that I didn't get to go to the events. They sounded fun, and I would have (laughs) liked to have seen the people who did the sculpting, both the ice, and there was another place they did snow sculpting. I had the opportunity to go out to another place on Thursday night, but it was still like negative six, and my experience at negative 20 or so kind of made me think, nah, I think I'll stay <laughs> <Yeah>. in <laughs> in the warmth that night. So I didn't end up yeah. going out. So it was interesting to uh, get to do some fun things in the super cold and to experience that, but I wouldn't want to do that very often. Yeah. Well, so. very fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Kind of a Valley Forge kind of weather there. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. 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 And who was in Valley Forge, Mom? I'm going to talk about George Washington. I know my family knows this because I already told them, but in general, did you know that President's Day is actually Washington's birthday? I did know that as of a little bit ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go down how that occurred and why it occurred quickly. In 1968, Congress passed the Monday Holidays Act. And that moved the official observance of Washington's birthday from February 22nd, which is what his birthday is, to the third Monday in February. Now, since that changed, some people wanted to change the name of the holiday from Washington's birthday to President's Day because they also wanted to honor Abraham Lincoln. And Lincoln's birthday is early in February. Washington's is late in February. So this was kind of a between the two. So they wanted to make it President's Day. Now, it never officially got renamed. It was never authorized by Congress. But it did gain a lot of popularity to the point 
that a lot of people now don't realize that Washington's birthday and President's Day are the same thing. I thought it had gotten changed because I knew the reason why they wanted to change it to President's Day and I thought it actually happened. But your research and then when I looked on the government website, the official holidays, which is opm.gov, they also call it Washington's birthday. They don't call it President's Day. Right. But most people do. And it's right. in our it's on our calendars and it's in advertising. Yeah. I've never heard that that was Washington's birthday before. This right. is the first I've ever heard of it. So I was interested in researching George Washington for today's podcast. And when I started, I kept coming up to this Washington's birthday and President's Day being the same day, the same celebration. So that was really interesting to me. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little history of our first president. I love history. History is so awesome. (laughs) His father's name was Augustine, and he was a widower who already had three children, two boys and a girl, when he married George's mother, Abigail. And they had an additional six children. (laughs) <laughs> they, yes, yes, a lot of children. Just lots of children. Yes. <laughs> a lot of children. Two of them made it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know, right? Back from back Yeah, then. it's co- quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> His family owned a lot of property, but they were not considered rich. His father died when he was 11 years old, leaving most of the property that he had to George's older half-brothers. So, by the time George was of the age to get educated, the way his brothers had, his father wasn't around, he didn't get educated in the same way. He never went abroad, he never did the same things that they did. In fact, George left school at 15 years old, and he was a very adventurous lad. He wanted adventure, he wanted to join the Royal Navy, but his mother forbade it. (laughs) She said, no. So, at 16 years old, George met Lord Thomas Fairfax of Shenandoah Valley. What? Yep, who gave him his first job as a surveyor, and they surveyed the unexplored wilderness of the Virginia frontier. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Of the Virginia frontier. Because of this, he had over a thousand acres before he was 21 years old. Because he was out surveying, he acquired Mm -hmm. land. So, once George's older brother Lawrence died, and this... Is this all these, how many acres was it? It's over a thousand, more like 1,500. Okay. So were these 1,500 acres on the frontier? That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah, because that makes sense. Land was crazy cheap on the frontier because it was so close to the native tribes that it was a hazard for people to move out there. So they'd offer uh, ridiculously low prices for people to move out and work that land. Instead of... Right. Like a mattress store. Right. <laughs> like a mattress store with natives that would either be friendly or want to, you know, attack you. <laughs> In the <Okay>. mattress store. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's not a perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it kind of breaking down there. Yeah. So George's older brother Lawrence died... And the other two surviving heirs died. And then George inherited the Mount Vernon estate. Is this under mysterious circumstances that... Not to my knowledge. ...that they died? Was it George who chopped down the cherry tree? Now that's that's coming up. Yeah. So maybe he chopped down a few siblings to get that inheritance too. I don't think good old George would do that. (laughs) I don't think so. Do you even know George Washington? He's a man of integrity, Cole. He is. Okay, anyway, so he inherited Mount Vernon, 
So would you call Lawrence an adjutant? <laughs> <laughs> I think he had been. I think George yeah. inherited that position. I, I remember. An adjutant general of yes. the Virginia colony. Yes. And George did inherit that from his brother Lawrence. So George married a widow, Martha, who brought two small children into the family and a lot of wealth. And George never had children of his own. So I'm going to move on to some interesting information about George. The story about young George chopping down a cherry tree, then confessing when asked with the famous line, I cannot tell a lie, I chopped down the cherry tree, is fiction. There's no evidence at all that this is true. But it could be true, we just don't have evidence for it. Yeah, there's no evidence. (laughs) It can't prove it right. Right. He He never like said it didn't happen. It's a, it's a pseudo-fact. We could say he chopped down a fig tree, or a pear well, tree, or an apple tree. But people wouldn't do that. Okay, well, <laughs> a fig tree seems very unlikely. A fig tree was unlikely. I'll give a you that. banana tree? <laughs> but... Palm tree. And what is this, the Caribbean? An apple tree. So you can't just make things up and say, well, they might have done it. Well, that's history. But the point of the story was his integrity. It was, and he did have a lot of integrity. This was an illustration. I mean, you don't know that. Oh, I do. George was awesome. Don't mess with George. You mess with George, you mess with me. (laughs) All right. I mess with America. That's right. He had no middle name, and that wasn't highly unusual. I'm sorry? (laughs) I said suspicious. Not having a middle name was not unusual in that time period. In fact, I think we had five different presidents... That did not have a middle name oh, in the early part. Yes. And then some of them are really long, but I'll get into that in a, at the end. In a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He was 6'2", and the average height for men at that time was 5'7". So he was quite tall. He was also quite charismatic from what I understand. He enjoyed talking not just with gentlemen, but with ladies. He loved to dance. His hair was his own and not a wig. A lot of times, back then, men wore wigs that had the curls on the side and the ponytail on the back that were white. But his hair was all his own. He turned his brown hair white by using powder and had to put his ponytail in a silk bag when he danced to keep it from smearing across his back. He must have been a vigorous dancer. He must have been. Powder flying everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) People will be coughing. George, put your hair up. <laughs> you walk into a party, there's like a little cloud, and they're like, well, I guess George is here. <laughs> okay, this is all not true. You don't know. I know all of it. <laughs> he didn't right. deny that this happened. Yes, but how very fun. <laughs> Thank you, condescendingly said. Don't patronize me, <laughs> I know. All right, it's a fairly well-known issue that he had problems with his teeth. So eventually he had false teeth, And sometimes you hear, oh, he had wooden teeth. And that's not true. The teeth were made from a combination of gold, ivory, carved animal bone, and human teeth. And there are actually some other places. There's a variety of research that give other combinations of things. So I don't know if he had more than one set of false teeth. He did have more than one. We visited Mount Vernon, um, which is a big museum, now a big museum of his life. And they had... One full set of his false teeth there, and they talked about the fiction of the wooden teeth, right? They had one full set, and they talked about he had several different types because he had tried the different types of materials. Right. Mm -hmm. 
He had a successful whiskey distillery at Mount Vernon, at its peak producing over 11,000 gallons per year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That one I actually did know. He is on the quarter and the dollar bill. He's known as the father of our country. He was our first president and the only president to be elected to office unanimously in the electoral vote for both terms. Yeah, see, that is really impressive. It is. Especially to today's standards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only president to actually go into battle while president. He loved hunting hounds. I thought this was a, a funny little thing. He loved hunting hounds and kept a large number of them. Some of their names, and I found different names on different sites, so there was a large number. Here's some of the funny ones. Sweet Lips, Taster, Tipler, Forester, Searcher, Madam Moose, Drunkard, True Love, and Tartar. Isn't that funny? It's like a mixture of like unique, clever, and um, very literal. Yes. Right. <laughs> like Searcher. Yeah. He's going to go search in the yeah. forest. Oh, Searcher, Forester? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, he oversaw the construction, but never inhabited the White House. And going back a bit, during the French and Indian War, when he was an aide to General Edward Braddock, during the battle, he had two horses shot out from under him, and there were four bullet holes in his coat, but he was unharmed. That's crazy. I yeah, that was crazy. very interesting piece of history that some are aware of and some are not. And most people know that George Washington was instrumental in the Revolutionary War, which was the war in which the colonies gained independence from Britain, resulting in the formation of the United States of America. George was chosen as the leader of the Continental Army by the Second Continental Congress. And this was a large reason for why he was chosen to be our first president. His bravery, his integrity, integrity his honor, yeah. his, honor his willingness to step out into battle with his men. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of really impressive Which is saying something, things. because he would have been a very large target for the he other would. side. Yeah, Exactly. Now, in most polls of best oh. presidents, Washington comes always two or three. So it typically is Abraham Lincoln is number one consistently and then FDR and George Washington often trade places depending on how the poll's done. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that over the years he's consistently been felt as one of the best presidents overall, not just because he was the first, right. but because of everything that he accomplished. Of course it was George who set the precedent for further presidents. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He only like for the term limits. Exactly. And, yeah. He would only be in for two terms. Right, and he chose not to rerun for the third, but there weren't term limits until after FDR. So actually, all that period of time, people could have run multiple times, but he set the precedent to avoid being considered to be a monarch Correct. in the country. So his integrity and actions have set a lot of good precedents as president. Precedent as president? Precedent. <laughs> there have been some who have been a little more off the deep end as presidents. Our presidents of the United States. Our presidents of the United States. (laughs) As crazy as that is. And there aren't many presidents that I would say were like crazy people, but there's definitely some crazy things that they've done. Yeah, some people might call them quirks. Yeah, eccentricities. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of presidents that I want to mention specifically, and then I'm going to run through a few just random 
sort of unusual things that a number of presidents have done. So when I say crazy, that doesn't mean that we still don't respect their history or the impact they had on America or the office that they held. But there are some things that I can sort of objectively say were a little weird that presidents did. That was a good way to... Thank you. Put that. You're welcome. (laughs) So I want to talk first about... Grover Cleveland, who won the 1884 presidential election. Before he was president, he was a sheriff in a county in New York. And when a man was convicted of killing his own mother, Cleveland decided to take advantage of his position and perform the execution himself on this (laughs) man by hanging him. So Cleveland was the one who pulled the lever to hang this oh, man. Well, he He didn't his have mother. to, but he took advantage of <laughs> But he decided of, to. Yeah, he decided to. Wow. And if you don't know who Cleveland is, he's the the president with the giant mustache that you often see in sort of the lineups, the very sort of walrus-esque uh, mustache. <laughs> Waxed mustache. Yep. Interesting. Very large and bushy. Large and in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was followed by the hanging of another man. That that he also That hung. he also hung. Oh, okay. So, um, so he, he also was, killed mother. But these were in official capacity. These, these were, like, were in, in official capacity. Right, right. Yeah. This was while he was the sheriff. Yes. I'll get I'll get to another president who did a lot more unofficial things <laughs> oh, in, 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 in a minute here. So he also and this is the one that's kind of Pretty out there, he married his adopted daughter. So Cleveland met his wife shortly after she was born. She was the daughter of a family friend, and he would act as her guardian when her father died in 1875. And become his adopted daughter? Right. So he wasn't legally appointed, but it was when she was 11 years old. When she began college, they began a romantic relationship. And they were married when she was 21 years old, which made her the youngest first lady in U.S. history. Wow. That huh. is interesting. Scandalous. So that's, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> now, back then, it wasn't uncommon to marry your cousin. Right. But your adopted right. daughter, I hadn't heard much about that one. Yeah. At least, though, they weren't physically right. related. That's, like that's the cousins. True. Yeah. yeah. Then, skipping ahead to his presidency... In 1893, he disappeared for four days to have a secret surgery on a yacht. So he found out that he had cancer in his head, and he didn't want to tell anybody because there was a depression going on, and the president's health was sort of linked to that of the nation, so he didn't want anybody to be alarmed. So he told between four and six people, not including his vice president, that he had cancer, So he had a secret surgery on a friend's yacht. He snuck on board. It was on the yacht, so nobody could find him because he was out to sea having the surgery. Oh, my. And he had these doctors come and perform the surgery through his mouth so it wouldn't leave any visible scarring on his head. And people didn't know for years and years until after his presidency that he had had this secret surgery. So he obviously survived it. Wow, I wonder... That had a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of questions. Yeah, so those are some crazy things that Grover Cleveland is, is associated with. I think that if you held a poll of not the best presidents, but the craziest presidents, 
I think that the number one spot would always be held by Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yeah. oh, really? Why is that? Because there is no president who has had more of a crazy filmable career as <laughs> as a colorful. Yeah, colorful. I have no idea why more movies have not been made about this guy because there is so much here to love. Okay. <laughs> in in to the, be interested in the in best it. and the worst kind of way. Mm-hmm. So, Jackson was the seventh president of the United States, and he was elected in 1829. And before he was president, he served in the military and got up to the rank of major general. So, he was in the Seminole Wars. He fought in the War of 1812. So, he was very, very well known through his military career. But that's not the fun part. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. He did crazy things in his military career, but I'm going to talk about his presidency. So after he was elected, he threw a party in the White House that anyone was invited to. There was this huge drunken party that trashed the White House after his election. Oh, wow. (laughs) And that's just starting to get into it. So over his career as a president, he had more than 100 duels, some of which were on the White House property. A lot of which were on White House property. Wow, I didn't know that. For... Like, the smallest reason, he would challenge people to duels. <laughs> so he was the one who he would challenge Yes, he oh would challenge gosh. people to duels. He wasn't the best shot. There was one case where he he was dueling a guy. And you could say a lot of these are sort of legends. I think a lot, in a lot of cases, there's a lot of evidence with Andrew Jackson. But, of course, with a lot of history, there's room for, you know... Embellishment. Embellishment. Even in first-hand accounts. But it goes that Andrew Jackson was dueling a guy, and the guy turned around and shot him. So Andrew Jackson, rather than shooting him back, like right away, just took the bullet and took his time. The other guy, according to the rules of the duel, the other guy had to just stand there because he'd taken his shot, while Andrew Jackson, with a bullet in him, was able to like perfectly line up his shot... And shoot the guy dead. Wow. Hmm. Now, so, how, who's going to actually... I guess people are going to shoot the president. I mean, they're dueling the president if, of the United States. He's, he's the seventh president, so it's it's okay. early it's, it's early enough on. on that duels are still... Okay. Maybe not with the president. <laughs> normally not. I mean, he normally, does have a vice president, I'm sure, so... Normally not, but, you know, at the same time... If the president challenges you to a duel, yeah. you've got a tough situation there. Do you say no to a duel with the president and risk whatever comes with that? Yeah, or do you duel the president? Come with that. Yeah. So, among his other eccentricities, he had a parrot named Polly who he taught to swear like a <laughs> sailor. <laughs> Another sort of legend goes that at the president's funeral... They had to remove Polly because Polly was swearing too much. (laughs) Polly, Andrew. (laughs) Wow. One of the most famous stories about Andrew Jackson was that he was attending the funeral of the South Carolina representative Warren R. Davis at the U.S. Capitol, and a would-be assassin planned to shoot Jackson as he was entering the funeral, but he wasn't able to. So he hid behind a pillar as Jackson was coming out. He tried to shoot Jackson. So he jumped out. Yep, he jumped out, 
He aimed a pistol at Jackson, and he fired, but the pistol misfired. Oh. So he took another pistol out, which also misfired. Wow. (laughs) And Jackson jumped on top of him with a cane and almost beat him to death. Wow. And Jackson always carried this cane around with him. Even in his, like, presidential pictures, you'll see him holding this cane. He was called Old Hickory. It was a hickory stick cane. Jackson was nicknamed Old Hickory, actually back from when he was fighting in the War of 1812. So... Among the people who had to pull the two apart were was the representative David Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is, is another very well-known figure in U.S. history. And Jackson actually did a lot of other crazy things. He used statues in the gardens of the White House as target practice to fire at them from, you know, <laughs> various porches and, and other oh, things. Andrew Jackson. Yeah, nobody wanted to nobody wanted to get into, like, arguments or disagree with Andrew yeah. Jackson at all because um, he was largely considered a madman. Hot temper? Yeah, hot tempered. He Oh, he had, a, like, a hair-trigger temper, but he had two terms as president. <laughs> on the other hand. On the other hand. The people um, liked him. Yeah, and he's on our $20 bill. I don't know why he's on a $20 bill. I can speculate that he had himself put there and everybody was too scared to take him <laughs> off. <laughs> Even after his death? Yeah, but Polly, but I don't know that. Uh, I know there have been movements to get him replaced with somebody else on the $20 bill, but that's none fun. of them have been successful so far. So that's Jackson. And definitely go look him up if you can because there's a lot there to enjoy. <laughs> So speaking of duels, while I was in St. Paul this last week, it was so cold. New York City also was cold, as was Chicago, like some of the major places. So in one of those cities, they announced that Hamilton was closed due to the weather. So somebody tweeted, Hamilton Hamilton is the show of the duel between Alexander Hamilton, who had been the Secretary of Treasury, and Aaron Burr, who was the sitting vice president and they had a duel and Aaron Burr shot and then Hamilton eventually died so Burr actually won the duel in the sense that Hamilton died later so they closed the show Hamilton which is that musical show about Alexander Hamilton Burr is in the show so somebody tweeted Burr defeats Hamilton again (laughs) B-R-R-R Hamilton Again, so I thought that was funny. It, that dual discussion that is funny, yeah. Of, of that. The bird defeats him again. So then I'll just run through a few other sort of little eccentricities from presidents. Benjamin Harrison was the president who installed electricity in the White House, but he was too afraid of electricity to actually turn on or off any of his lights. So <laughs> him and his wife would often sleep with the lights on. Because he, <laughs> he, he was afraid of electricity. President Roosevelt, that's Teddy Roosevelt, would regularly box and wrestle in the White House or sort of in and outside of the White House. Yeah, and uh, one of his boxing matches resulted in him losing sight in one of his eyes. Oh my goodness. When Lyndon B. Johnson would be having an interview with someone, if he needed to use the restroom, he would have the people come in with him because he was not done talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my... Not to, like, watch, but, you know. Yeah, to you to, con- to continue the conversation. Yeah. And Jimmy Carter claimed to have seen UFOs. Uh, sort of. Yeah, that's 
But uh, sort of among other things where presidents would often keep exotic animals at different mm-hmm. points. At one point, there were alligators in the White House. There mm-hmm. were a pair of lions. Teddy Roosevelt owned a bear. Just a lot of other interesting things. So there's a lot of lists of craziest things that presidents have done. So given the opportunity, check those out because there's a lot of a lot of fun things there. <laughs> Lots of things yeah. out there yeah. to know. Huh? If you think politics today are crazy, then you know, <laughs> our president hasn't had over a hundred duels yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm gonna jump right on into my trivia game. And the very first question, Cole, actually relates to the your alligator comment. Oh, really? It does. So, first question, which president had an alligator as a pet? A, James Madison, B, Quincy Adams, C, John Tyler, or D, Andrew Johnson? This is interesting because what I saw was Herbert Hoover let his son keep an alligator. Okay. So there's another so one. So I don't actually... I'm going to say Quincy B. I'm going to say C, John Tyler. I'm going to say John Tyler as well. All right, it's B. All right, Kathy. I completely randomly guessed. Wow. Yeah. I would not have guessed that. Mm -mm. Let's see. So I maybe Andrew um, Johnson was my other choice. Oh really? Mm -hmm. You know, looking online, there are all kinds of lists for like fun trivia. Yes, Adam kept his unusual pet in the East Room of the White House. Oh, okay. Well, the East Room, I can understand. Mm. Right, right, right. Nobody Mm. wants to go in the East Room. Yeah. Westroom. I mean, everybody yeah. wants to be there. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Which president served the shortest term? A. William Harrison. B. Zachary Taylor. C. James Garfield. Or D. Richard Nixon. A. William Harrison. Sure. I'm going to say Zachary Taylor. All right. It's A. William Harrison. President Harrison died on April 4th, 1841. Of pneumonia after only 30 days in office. Yeah, he oh. stood outside for his mm. inauguration speech in freezing cold, wet weather. And he caught pneumonia <gasps> and died. That is very unfortunate. Well, not very wise, so <laughs> no. <laughs> Should have taken that inside. <laughs> Question three. Who was the oldest president to be elected? A, Zachary Taylor. B, William Harrison. C, Ronald Reagan. Or D, Gerald Ford. C. Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think it's Reagan. Yeah, you are correct. C. Ronald Reagan. President Reagan was 69 mm-hmm. when he was elected yeah. president. Yeah. All right, number four. Who was the youngest president to be elected? John F. Kennedy is for A. B. William Clinton. C. James K. Polk. Or D. Grover Cleveland. And John F. Kennedy. A. John F. Kennedy. You are correct. Interesting. John F. Kennedy was 43 years old. He was not the youngest president, though. He was the youngest president to be elected because I believe Theodore Roosevelt was the youngest president mm-hmm. because he was vice president, and but he took came. over after That's right. the president died. All right. Number five. Who was the shortest president? A. Benjamin Harrison. B. Martin Van Buren. C. James Madison or D. John Quincy Adams. This one's tough. I'm going to go with uh, James Madison. C. C. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Dang, that's what I was thinking too. But I don't want to just be basic and choose whatever. Oh, you already did. Well, you just said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what you were going to do. That's what I was thinking. C. All right, you all are correct. James Madison was five four. I think we must have heard that when yeah. we toured his house. I think right. so too. And we've toured it, I think, a couple times. Well, so. so I attended James Madison University. For the second half of my college 
career. Yes. And I actually had the opportunity to tour the campus before I went there and take a picture next to the statue of James Madison, which was life-size. And he was... I was almost to his height. <laughs> right, right. That was interesting to have yeah. a picture. I, I also attended James Madison University. <laughs> I got my degree in history, so believe me, I heard way more about James Madison than I ever wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, as yes, as the school, yes. Okay, question six. The term first lady was first used in reference to which presidential wife? A, Dolly Madison. B, Lucy Ware Webb Hayes. C, Priscilla Cooper Tyler, or D, Jane Appleton Pierce. I'm going to say A, Dolly Madison. I'm going to go with A, too, because I don't know many of those other ones. I'll say it was Cooper Tyler. All right. It is A, Dolly Madison. (laughs) I I don't want to pick the same thing. Well, the thing is, it's triggering a response because we've heard, we must have heard these before. That's what I was thinking, too, but, you know. Uh, The term was first used in 1849. So, yes, so that was question six. Question seven, how many presidents were assassinated in office? A, five, B, four, C, seven, or D, three? I'm going to go with D. D, three. I'm going to go with four. So that's B. All right, Cole is correct. It is four presidents, Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, and Kennedy were all assassinated Uh, while in office. I forgot Garfield. How could you forget Garfield? (laughs) (laughs) Silly man. Big cat Mm. eats lasagna. Mm, Yes. So unforgettable. (laughs) Question eight. How many presidents had unsuccessful assassination attempts on their lives? Does this include multiple assassination (laughs) attempts on the same president? (laughs) Uh, No, just how many presidents? Uh, A, six. B, five. C, ten. Or D, eight. I'm going to go with C on this one. I'm going to go with B. Oh, okay, Beth. I'm going to go then. I was going to go with B, but I think I'll go with A, 6. A is correct. It Yay! Is six. Presidents Jackson, Roosevelt, T. Roosevelt, F. Roosevelt, Truman, Ford, and Reagan all had unsuccessful attempts on their lives. Wow. Uh, number 9. Which president was born on July 4th? A. John Quincy Adams. B. Gerald Ford. C, Lyndon B. Johnson, or D, Calvin Coolidge? A. Seems like I should know this one. I'm going to go with D, Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, Coolidge was who I was thinking, too. John Quincy Adams, A. All right, D is correct. It is Calvin Coolidge. Born on July 4th, 1872. And then this is interesting. Number 10. What was George Washington's presidential salary? A, (laughs) 15,000. B, 25,000. C, 50,000, or D, 40,000? A. I'm going to go with B, 25,000. Um, A, 15,000. All right, it is B, 25,000. President B. Washington received 25,000 a year for his duties. Um, this is uh, it's interesting because it says his duties compared at the current presidential salary of $400,000. Yep. But given the time frame, this was quite a bit of money. Yeah. So two more questions. Number 11, who said, we grow great by dreams. All big men are dreamers. Disney. Oh, that's not a president. Although that is Disney-esque. <laughs> a, Thomas Woodrow Wilson. B, Abraham Lincoln. C, George Washington. Or D, Ulysses S. Grant. I'm going to go D for completely random I'm going to go A. I was going to say A as well, Wilson. I don't think that that's something. It doesn't sound like something that B, C, or D would say. <laughs> 
All right, it is A. Thomas Woodrow yep. Wilson. Yes. All right. My randomness is still. So it was two generals and Lincoln, who didn't have a lot of time to dream. So that's why I went with A. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> and finally, question twelve: Which president had the most children? A. Theodore Roosevelt. B. Benjamin Harrison. C. John Tyler. Or D. Rutherford B. Hayes. Ooh, I don't know this one. Um, I'm going to say B. Process of elimination here. I'm going to say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to say hero? <laughs> uh, I went with I'm going to go with Rutherford B. Hayes. That's D. All right. I'm going to go with whatever Cole went to with. Oh, D. Okay. The answer is C, John Tyler. Ah, I was thinking. So, John Tyler's popped up so many times, but it's never been him. So I'm not, <laughs> not going to pick. Yes, they tricked you on the last one. Yep. Uh, President Tyler had 15 children from two separate marriages, fathering his last child when he was 70 years old, just two years before his death. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler. Jesus, man. Oh, Tyler. So that concludes our fun trivia. Be sure to check out more trivia online. There's all kinds of information, either crazy stuff the presidents did or more benign things like fathering children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So that concludes our topics for President's Day, also known as Washington's birthday, we learned today. Yes, Yes, it is. So um, just to finish up our podcast for the day, we'll talk about the future festivities for the week of Washington's birthday, February 18th. Uh, So that day actually is President's Day, but it's also the holiday of President's Day. George Washington's birthday is on the 22nd that week, but... Because of the Monday's act, we celebrate that holiday on February 18th. The 19th of February is National Chocolate Mint Day. What? Yeah. Sounds the, like a good peppermint patty day. Yeah. <laughs> the 20th of February is Cherry Pie Day. Oh, yum. That's and I thought, really? So cherries are in bloom, ready to pick Not in yet. June, I think, right? So it's kind of interesting that February has Cherry Pie Day. So well, assuming that you have frozen your yes, cherries, that's of right. course. February 21st is Card Reading Day. So if you still get cards, you can read them on that day. Go ahead and read (laughs) them. The 22nd of February, as we mentioned, is actually George Washington's birthday day. The 23rd of February is Open That Bottle Night. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been saving a special bottle of something, then you should open it that night, according to this day. And then the 24th of February, February is National Tortilla Chip Day. Oh, I can imagine a lot of people eating chips that day. That's right. So just a reminder, you can follow us on Holiday underscore Moons for our Twitter account. Instagram is at Holiday Moons. On Facebook, you can search for Holiday Moons and you should be able to find our page on Facebook. Our website is randall.wixsite.com slash Holiday Moons. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you've got something specific you want to talk to us about, you can email us at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Cole, and Sydney, Happy Happy President's Day. Day!